and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Kate Tiller, I am so excited to be interviewing you for this podcast. You've had an amazing career, so welcome. Thanks, Jules. Good to see you again. Yeah, it's fantastic for us to be chatting. For anyone that listens, Kate and or anyone that's listening, Kate and I knew each other, gosh, when I had my PR agency and my business partner with Simone, <laughs> besties with Kate. And mm. so, um, yeah, we got to know each other then, but I don't think I've seen you for about 10 years. I do see you a lot on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> that's Funny how we catch that. up these days, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, mm. so why don't we start with, why don't you tell everybody what you're doing now and why you're doing it? Thanks, Jules. Yeah, so I my latest venture, which yes. feels like a lifetime, is five years um, this month, and it's called a Perfect Space. Wow! And it's, right. We connect um, we connect locations to productions and creative um, endeavors and events as well. So um, we build a technology, and it's been quite the journey. So it's my third startup, but this one is poised to go into the stratosphere we're hoping so we're just about to start big scale yeah oh wow how exciting and i love Mm. it that you're a serial entrepreneur as well it's something obviously (laughs) obviously, when we get to the bit where i go what have we learned along the way what can we help other people for you're going to be i can write a book on that (laughs) (laughs) funny about that you probably should Mm. all right Mm. so why did you set up it's a perfect space Good question. So I was running my last business, which was called Love to Share. It was a TV series that backed up a digital play, mm-hmm. which was sharing recipes. And I was a home cook and it was all about heirloom recipes. And we built the tech and the tech fell over the day we launched it oh, no. um, because the TV show was too too successful in sending traffic to the oh, website. No. Um, the TV show was only in place because I ran out of money to market the brand and I pitched it to um, Channel 10 and they graciously gave me a TV series in three weeks. So I'd never produced a series. So I got that going and the thing that nearly broke me and my business partner, George, was finding the locations for the kitchens for our um, right. parts of the series. So that was six years ago and it was really apparent at that time just a basic search for 16 kitchens we needed to film them in three weeks and they needed to be a different style a different look and feel in regional victoria and that alone nearly broke me making 11 episodes of the tv series that was nothing compared to finding those locations and it wasn't just there was nowhere to search by the actual need that we wanted, which was the distance between the island bench, the ceiling height, the north-facing sun, the colour scheme, the glass splashback. There's none of that. You couldn't search by that. We had to go and actually see so many locations and it was, honestly, it still gives me goosebumps thinking about the trauma that that put us through. In the end, if you look at YouTube on the TV series, we filmed it all at my place because we just couldn't <laughs> we couldn't do it. It was it was impossible. Right. So there was that, and then following that, um, we that's we that um, business 
we wound that business down and decided not to pursue it any further after all the dramas with the technology. But why and after you had all that hassle did you go, oh, I'm just going to dip right into that area now well, and go and do it as a full-time I, job? I didn't at the time. I, I was taking a break and I had some stuff going on with the kids and, you know, it was a challenging time. But not only that, I went into uh, our holiday place. We had a holiday place and... We had a contact from a blocker who wanted to build some content. Great. I didn't have any money. Yeah, come on down and wrote her a brief and yada, yada, yada. Anyway, they arrived 10 hours late. They didn't pay. They broke my lamp. Oh, I, they couldn't afford to get on the mountain. I had to pay for them to get on the mountain. They messed up all my beds and all my styling. We didn't get the content for 10 months and then I threw it in the bin. So I looked at both sides of that marketplace and that was a year after the first experience and I thought, you know what? I'm going to do this. There's got to be something in it. Yep. So I started researching it and that's where it came from. And so let me just put on my consumer hat now. Does that mean that Mm -hmm. people listening, if they wanted to list their properties, do you list all kinds or are you looking for specific, you know, high high glamour or or can it be just everyone's? Because I know with TV You know, one of the, yeah, so anybody listening, if you look at any TV series, if you look at any magazine, we want everything, but we want uniqueness, really. So 80% of our catalogue has never before been shot in, right. which is really appealing to producers. Yeah. We do the tech recce for a producer. So when we onboard your what, listing... Can I just ask, hang on a minute, what's a tech recce? I shouldn't say the te- <laughs> industry terms, should I? So um, that is all the logistics, so the floor plan, the ceiling height, the door width. Right. So if we're yeah. doing a wheelchair access TVC, we need a 208, you know, hallway. So we know the checklist that we need to do. So we're guiding our community to list their properties and they can be anything from beautiful mansions on the water to the shack down the back of the, you know, down the back paddocks. Um, Yeah, okay. You know, if you – and it's interesting, the the highest demand we're having at the moment is for – your everyday Aussie home, whether it's renovated, unrenovated. If you think about, you know, it's it's all the homes in um, Secret Life of in, Us, for instance, because I've just finished right. watching it again. Well, <laughs> have a look at Mister In Between. If anyone's right. watching good Aussie series, um, yeah. And if you're looking at Bloom, you look at all the different types of homes, and it can be regional, it can be metro, um, and producers. The other thing about series work and productions is often a producer will want different looks and feels. So they might move between two or three homes within the same kilometre. And pretend it's and the same house on the, on the right. show. right? Yeah, we're doing that at the moment with a, with a film that we're making at my place. They don't okay. like the front door. So they're moving up the road and faking it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, now we're revealing all the, all the smoke and mirrors behind yeah. TV production yeah. as well. Amazing. Okay, so... Um, Let's go right back, Kate, to when you were at school <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then start talking to me. About, well, let's just start with when you were at school. Did you like school? What sort of yeah, family did it. we grow up in, brothers yeah, and sisters? I, I had a great, I've got a sister, one sister, great yeah. family. Grew up in the country. I'm a farmer's um, daughter. Okay. Uh, two of us were mad horse riders um, oh. and grew up and still am dying to get back to the country. I'll move to the Yarra Valley as soon as I'm get my kids through high school. Right. Um, 
we is that where uh, is that where the farm was yeah, in the Yarra Valley? Yeah, and my mum's now down near Phillip Island, so we've got farms in sort of three different areas of the state at the moment across the family. But it's a really big passion of mine, and I've built a perfect space. is very very regionally focused, and that's right. because of where I grew up and you know the challenges that regional Australia are facing at the moment with COVID and bushfires and drought and you know mental health for farmers. Yeah. So. I grew up with, um, you know, family, friends that are dairy producers. And, and mum and dad were farmers from, is we, it multi-generational or did they decide to do it themselves? Yeah, okay. yeah it's generational for us. And, and my mum's, um, my stepdad now, he's still a farmer. He's, you know, mid-70s and still farming every day. And my my sister and her husband are farmers. I'm, right. I, I wish I wish I was, but I can't farm where I live. <laughs> but I do have my horses close by, and I do try to ride. You know, still during the week. So I grew up on a farm, and that was really influential in my career in many ways. Not only with the recipe part of my business, you know, my history, but also just my children and yeah. motorbike riding and farming and growing up on a lake and getting dirty, you know, that's that's been passionate, you know, it's followed through my whole life. Right. And then um So did you go I, to uni? Yeah, I went to went to uni, went to Deakin, did a double on uh and economics and marketing and oh, I did very well in right. uh, marketing, did very terribly in economics. <laughs> um, but because I did so well in the marketing subjects, they pushed me through as oh, hard as they could to try and get me across that, la- that line. I started work the day after I graduated. Stop it. So, yeah, How did you get so, a job the day after you graduated? Well, it's a funny story. I, I, I knew that I didn't want to travel. I knew that I didn't want to be do the gap year. I wanted to earn money. I was very That was instilled in me at a young age. I did three part-time jobs while I was at uni. Um, bought my own car at 18. So I was wow. very, yeah, I was very, very determined to build this career and have my own business, you know. That, right. was, that was from when I was 16. And my dad had real estate agencies and he also had a, um, he was a stock and station agent for elders. So <laughs> we were brought up in a very strong, with a very strong work ethic. Yeah. And um, so I... After uni, I I saw I, because of I did so well in marketing and won a couple of awards. I got offered a couple of jobs, and, yeah. and I probably shouldn't mention the two that I said no to, but they were very cross at me that I said no. It was one was a bank and one was a car company, and I you just probably went, dodged mm, a bullet there anyway. <laughs> I don't really like banks, and I'm really not into cars, so I really want to. I loved my advertising subjects, so yeah. I got I got out the yellow pages and I went through every ad agency. I knew St Kilda Road was had all the ad agencies, yes. and I applied to all thirty of them. Wow. And my best friend's um, boyfriend at the time, he was the same as me. He went to Monash, I went to Deakin. He did the same as me. We both got offered the same job. Uh, he oh, got no. Pats. He got offered Pats and DDB. I got offered Pats and DDB. He took Pats, I took DDB. And right. he's now the head of ING Australia. Wow. Wow, yeah. what a story. Yeah. Okay, so what was advertising like for you? Loved it. Best thing I ever did. Right. Worked my butt off, you know. Often it's kind of work the hard, party hard, isn't it? I think work I, I love it. Party hard. It was an halcyon days. <laughs> it was fun, you know. I started the first. Uh, I worked on the first tea shop campaigns for Telstra. Um, worked on Maya in the in the old days of you know Maya Grace Brothers and when um, Maya was the top I, of the tree. 
I got poached to go to Brashes and uh, I ran Brashes now. Oh, my God, I have not heard that name for ages. So for those of you listening, before JB Hi-Fi, there was a company (laughs) called Brashes. (laughs) Do you know how many people I bump into? There used to be a store manager. They go, remember those days? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Okay, so So you went to Brashes. Yeah, and I was national marketing and promotions and got to Gosh, what age were you at that stage? 21. 21 and national Mm. marketing director. And then I got 22 maybe and then I got into, it was fun. I got to run, you know, we were doing, we were filming Sony campaigns, escape parks in New York and that was really fun. You know, $20 million marketing budgets, which you don't see anymore. So we were, I was working with the agency. Except in the car industry. Let me tell you, Mm. I've I've got (laughs) one of the CMOs of Nissan is, is on my advisory board and her Mm. budget was 65 million two years ago. Crazy. Yeah. 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 That was great those days. And that was really fun. But I toured, you know, the Rolling Stones Beauty Lounge. I did Tina Turner, Wildest Dreams. Wow. Did Michael Bolton. You know, we did Spice Girls. Not quite as jealous of Michael Bolton. But anyway. He threw threw a muffin at me. I didn't like it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so that was really fun. And we worked up really hard and the company went under while I was there. So then I got a retrenchment there and went straight into sales. So I knew I wanted to start my own business and the only thing I didn't really love was sales. So I um, applied for a job and we used to do all the sponsorships for, at the time it was called Double TFM. Yeah. I used to manage all the sponsorships. So I just went over and went and said to my mates, come on, I'm going to come into sales. And I started the next week and did that for a few years and loved it. Yeah. We got really bored, sort of, you know, same same old, and then decided to start my own ad agency from there, a retail agency. I love it. You don't think big you don't think small, do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you started your own agency. Yeah. Went to Sydney, got married, went to Sydney. He was in television. He's the father of my beautiful children. Yeah. Then I had three kids in two years. My twins were born on my daughter's birthday, so it all went now to the that's what. I actually remember you, Hop, because I have twins as well and I'd done it a couple of years earlier than you and i that's one of the things I remember seeing you at about, I think you must have been about seven months pregnant mm, and, and them, we yeah. had this clever gizmo. I can't even remember what it was now, but it yeah. held your belly up. Because that's that it. Weight, I used to wear that. That's right. <laughs> that's right. What was that? The I can't even remember thing. now. But I it, do it, remember that. It was like that. a sling oh for your goodness. belly and it yes. just relieved the pain. I needed that because I needed my belly to be held in. It was hilarious. So that was that was kind of a pivot point, I suppose, in my whole life. If I look back now, because you know, it wasn't. It went kind of high sideways, and right. I woke up, you know, five days later out of a coma, and it would. It was very traumatic, it and was. we're all fine. We got through it, but it was a pivot. But yeah, point it was a horrific birth, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a pivot point in my life, and it made right. me made you just well, reassess it. It made me realise that I wasn't indestructible. Right, you know, and yeah, I'd never spent a day away from Annie, and I was in a car. I was in hospital for three weeks and couldn't see her, and the twins Annie were in ICU, and yeah, Annie was too. I had her on their birthday, on her at her birthday party. I had the twins. Wow. So you know, it was challenging, and then and then all my team, um, the business fell apart. You know, I got sued, and it was just one thing after another for probably the next eighteen months, and then my marriage fell apart, and then I moved back oh, to Melbourne. Okay. 
So, so it was what do you do when everything falls to pieces? This is actually probably a really good. Yeah, I um, I turned to my friends and family, yeah. and and I I dug in and I just focused on the kids, getting my kids better, and then I got my realized my health was really, really bad, and so, I'd never not right. you know I'd never not missed a day of work sort of thing. So that really threw me, and then. You know, once I started rebuilding, I started a new business a year later. Um, God, you're a sucker for punishment with two twin, two babies yeah. that are. Have, so you they know, were. Had a start. I started. I started love to share when the twins were three. So what was love Annie to share? That was a recipe sharing website we backed yep. at with a TV show, but it kind of you know just became too big too quickly and right. wasn't you know it was challenging in so many ways. But still, so, so what what were the learnings out of that though? From uh, other than choose, not to grow too big too fast, and that is yeah. something that a lot of people don't think about. They think about I've got to keep growing, I've got to keep growing, but if you're not ready for it, it, it actually can kill you. It did, yeah. And I think the same with when I lost, when I had the twins and that other business fell, that was my agency, the two biggest lessons out of both things were don't delegate what you don't know. So if you Right, that's interesting because a lot of people say surround yourself with experts and let them do the bits that you're not good at, but you disagree. I did that, but then I took my eye off the ball. So what I should have done is not give away so much of, you know, the cornerstone on so the... So bring in the people but manage them well. You have to manage it but you also have to keep an eye on your bank account. So there was right. a lot of things that were missing. And, you know, I look back now and say, right, I was spending someone else's money and I should have been wholly and solely responsible and accountable to that. And I, I thought I was, but reading yep. a report isn't accountability. No. So I will never make those mistakes again. And, so what and would you I'm, do differently or what have you done differently with this new business? I've done it exactly. The three biggest lessons I had was hire the right people, put them in the right roles, yeah. um, partner with the right people and make sure that they have like-minded views with um, and you don't know that until you know them yeah. and make sure that you keep an eye on that bank account and do not let anybody in that bank account that doesn't, you know, it doesn't have a share or, you know, whatever. But yeah. It, yeah. that's really important and I've never done any of those things again. Um, I'm also much more cautious with this one. So one of the challenges I think universally that people would appreciate across the digital industry right now is that it, I feel like it's a cowboy industry with very le- severe lack of accountability. And certainly... Huge, because there's um, so many people that have taught themselves, aren't there? I've had no... I've not had one person make a deadline or a budget, not one. And I've had wow. five tech teams. So, wow. you know, it's... It's really challenging and it's my money, you know. Yep. So I've invested my money, my time. I don't also, you know, it's been really hard um, what, finding the right people that will back you but at the same time letting, I'm not good at letting things go. Right. So if my CEO who will listen to this, she, she'll, <laughs> laugh, she'll laugh at this bit. So we've agreed that I'm the I'm the visionary and she's yes. the integrator and our relationship, we've, we've actually really complimentary and I haven't had that before so what I was is I was all c-suite and you can't do that you can't build the tech you can't run the tech run the team build the team fund the team and do it all you just can't and I'm a single mum so you just can't do it right so So, I will not ever do that again I'm sharing the load 
So how did you find her? Because I think that's one of the things that I'm a big fan of, particularly having run a business with Simone, who we yeah. were just a perfect pair as well. It is, but it's, it's that little It's dance. hard to find, isn't it? Yeah, it's well, how to find. to find someone, especially if you don't know them that well, and then put them in a role and trust them and all that sort of thing. Mm. How did you find her? Well, I rang her. <laughs> I rang her. No. I knew that there was – I got told by an investor. So I've been looking for investment for quite a while, trying to raise my Series A. Yeah. And I went to this meeting and I got hammered at the meeting and by 12 people and, and in a good way, you know, I was really challenged and they just said, you know, you're amazing, you've got a great idea but you're not a CEO and I knew that but yeah. I wasn't, I just had never found the right CEO. So I rang my old adversary from Radio Days, Kath Thomas, and yeah. I cannot sing her praises high enough. She was someone I always respected, someone I wanted to work for, and she said no to me when I applied for a job 25 years ago. Right. I worked for the opposition radio station and we went head-to-head in the market and really, really respected each other. Well, I rang her and said, listen, I need a CEO. I need someone like you. And she said, hey, I've just left my job. Let's talk. Fantastic. Isn't that the universe telling you? Yeah, it was. was And then I rang a few people, you know, I checked out a few people that I really trust um, who know me very well because I'm hard to work with. I know that. That's my biggest (laughs) lesson. I'm not a great. Why? In what way? I'm just hard work. I'm just, I'm a, a, you know. I wish I wasn't so much, and I'm learning. But in yeah, what I'm way? Not, but in what way are you well, just like super? Tough? I just I'm 100 miles an hour, so right. I've already planned the business out for 10 years, and right. you know, I get bored very easily in the detail, and therefore I run really fast, and it's hard for people to keep up, and I'm very, very, um, I'm very accountable. So if if someone is you know I have high expectations of myself and my right. team. Yeah, and I I find it challenging to, um, you know, let people run with things when you know it's hard. When your idea. So I need, yeah, and I need, but you can't build those businesses without a great team. No. So I need, I need someone to manage me as much as I need to manage myself. Yeah. Because I'm I you know the first three issues I had with my tech team was they just wouldn't say no to me because I just would say. This is that's going to be right. So I need someone to say, "Hey, you know what? That's not going to work." Even though I, I don't want to hear that. You, I need that, you know. Yeah. And so you've got that I'm, in Kath now. I do, and I've got it in my tech team too as well. Right. And I've got it. I've got an investor, and he's the same. So well, now I think, can we talk a little bit about? Uh, sorry, keep finish that, and then I'm going to ask you a little bit. I about, want to tell you one thing yeah. that I can recommend to all your listeners. The turning point for me when I met Kath was she said we'd had a couple of conversations and I'm like, let's go, let's do it now. This is me, I always, yeah. always just want to go, not, not thinking about anything else. And she said, I want you to read this book. And if you, do the, if you do the quiz at the back of the book and we're on the same page, we can talk, but we are going to use this book. And wow. I read the book and it changed my life. And, and I'll what tell book you was it? I'll show you. It's called Rocket Fuel. And it's one of the best wow. books you'll ever read. Any founder, I recommend you read this. Okay. You find your CEO. Who's the author? It's um, Gina Wickman and Mark Winters. Okay. Um, and they've got a fantastic mentor program and I live and breathe by this book and I bought okay. six copies and I give them to my friends <laughs> because I wish I, had that, I wish I had that 10 years ago. It would have right. changed my life then because it, you need to know who you are in your business. So at a C-level... 
whether you're a CEO or a creative or whether you're a finance person or a tech person, you cannot do it all. Yeah. And until you work out which you are, you're either the visionary or you're the integrator. You can both be founders, you can both be owners, you can both be whatever. But until you work out that have that balance, you 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 I just don't believe I believe that my businesses weren't successful because I hadn't learnt that. Right. I think maybe I need to go and learn it myself. Mm, it's really good. <laughs> I think good. I'm a bit of a visionary and maybe not the integrator myself. Yeah, but once you learn it, you know, once you recognise it, and honestly I read this book all the time and I've got it highlighted and I've got it stuck on my wall. And <laughs> it, once, you, once it hits you in the head, you're like, oh, this is great. Yeah, right. <laughs> mm, yeah. It's, Amazing. It's very, Actually, yeah. Okay, so um, let's go back to um, the sharing what was the, the recipe business? And tell me, so how did that unfold other than, well, you've already told us that uh, the TV series launched and crashed the website and everything. So well, but what do you do then? I mean, what did you do? Well, literally? we had to wind it down. I had 33 staff. It was awful. Oh, my terrible, God. Terrible, traumatic time. But also if I look back clearly at it now, you can't focus on I'm building a website yeah. that I'd run out of money. I hadn't seen the site for 10 months. I had oh. never built a website before. Yeah. I thought I was going to get what I briefed. I didn't, didn't know how to evaluate the team. I wasn't getting the right advice and I'm spending someone else's money. And then yeah. I got it and then I ran out of money so I built this TV show so I've taken my eye off the ball. Yeah. So I should have, you know, and, of course, it was built on the wrong CMS system as well, which you don't know until you've built this stupid thing. But I, I think, you know. Something happened in our personal life after that that, you know, we had a very serious accident in our family and I would have walked away anyway. So right. isn't it interesting? I feel like my my I feel like my career is a bit karmic and yeah. I think that I'm right where I'm supposed to be at certain times. And I'm you know, I'm forty nine, I'm I'm the big five O next year, Jules. That's a so, fantastic decade. I'm nearly fifty. I never bloody now. thought I'd be it. fifty doing a doing, <laughs> you know, about to scale a global business. But I'm I think that honestly, my experience and wisdom now has allowed me to get to the point that I'm able to kind of maturely run this in a different way, with different right. purpose as well, you know. Since my kids um, and being on my own, I don't I, I don't compromise my family time ever, and Good. I also don't lose sleep over this business. I've never lost. I actually have lost one night's sleep. But other than that, I go I to bed and I get pretty good. That's pretty good. I get good. ten hours sleep most nights a week, and I don't work after four o'clock ever. Right. I think that's that's exactly the aim. I would I say. I burnt myself out so much, you know. Well, talk we to me did. about that. What happened? What happened? Oh, I just, you know, I look at Annie and and even the twins, and I go, you know, didn't I can't remember the pregnancies really. Well. I was right. So, I was so sick and so tired when I had them, you know, three under two. And I was emailing and running the business. I was trying. I'd never taken time off. Um, you know, my health was compromised, but I didn't know any different. And I suppose, you know, I didn't know how to share the load. And yep. so I burnt myself out and I burnt it out again on Love to Share. So yeah. there were so many lessons in that, I guess, that once your health and your relationship and your financial falls over, it's a pretty big kick in the face. And I took some time on that and this time I've done it with a lot more grace, <laughs> a lot more laughter 
Um, I've probably over. I've probably the only thing I would say about this one is I might have been a little bit overly cautious, and it probably could have. You know, I could have moved Scaled. slightly quicker, yeah, yeah. but I'm I'm also okay with that too. Yeah, I've, and I think when you've got even even if the kids are now in their teens, they still need a lot of our time, and and the and the amount of energy that Can you, you take ne- me back to when they were toddlers because yeah. teenagers are hard work. Let's talk about that in another podcast. I often talk about you know with, with well with girls three teenagers. Remember, my goodness, I know. Well, I've got them. I've got them too. Yeah, you do I, too. <laughs> I remember, just... and, and I've got boys. And, and you, COVID. Have you, have you got oh. all girls? No, I've got no, two girls got and a boy. boy. The boy, their twins are boy girl, and then Annie's older. Yeah. Yeah, great. But, yeah, no, I mean, I just remember when they were toddlers going, oh, my God, I can't wait till they grow up. It's going to be so much easier and it's a whole other world. (laughs) I know. I know. I don't know what's worse. (laughs) I mean, it's fun. I really enjoy it. No, I I wouldn't. I don't regret any of it. I just want to get to 21. I'm just waiting for 21 now. (laughs) I just want to get past 18. You know, you have those milestones, right? Initially it was nappies, get them out of nappies, get them out of car seats, get me to age 21. (laughs) Yeah, get the well, get them to school was the first thing. That was a bit of a shock when I went, hang on, that's made my days shorter, not longer. All right. Now let's I'm gonna talk to you about the juggle in a minute. And I'm interested in the burnout just because I've now interviewed about 160 women, Mm. all very successful. And Mm. this is like I would say 60% of them have had this happen to them mm. and some of them, you know, completely destroying their health. So they've had to change oh, their I've, whole I've career. I've done the same. Yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, I, I'm thankful I've got my health back on check. But, you know, I was in hospital a couple of years ago. I think, you know, if oh. I look back, it was I had a heart thing from right. just running too hard, you know. Yeah. I think that um, burnout is I think women, you say it more in women, or I hear it more in women. Yes, I, suppose, I hear it more in women too. Because we are used to juggling our lives, no matter what. You know, I don't care who you are. If you've got children, you're juggling. That's right. And whether Absolutely. you're doing a part-time job, a full-time job, and being a stay-at-home mum, that's a juggle. No matter what who you are. Absolutely. And I think that we are pre-programmed and conditioned to think that we're super women, and we're not. No. And we're, indes- we're not. We're indestructible. We're not indestructible, sorry. And I think that it's really the burnout comes from trying to manage it all and trying to continue pre-children lifestyle or work ethic when you have the kids, you know. And And keeping up appearances, the pressure we put on ourselves is crazy. Crazy. It is, it is, it is. It is. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, look, it's it, it's all a struggle. And whether you've got kids or not, you know, there is, it's if you're same. an ambitious woman and you want to do things, you drive yourself, I think. You do. Well, or we model ourselves on men who don't have to manage the home stuff as well. And they don't so, do the amount. So, like, you're right. I've got a, a lot of, of friends them. that yeah. don't have children and they're still managing the home or they're managing, you know, their, their work life That's and, right. their, and and they're still managing that part of it and family and travel and all those things. So it's it's a balance and I think, it, you know, I, don't, I say it a lot in, I, I mentor a few of my friends, younger friends who are in business and I just say to them, you know, it's not about the appearances, it's, it's not about, you know, emulating what you think it is because it's not as easy as whatever I makes it out to be. And I think no. you only identify that certainly 
with wisdom and maturity. Which, of course, mm-hmm. you can't you can't force feed that. I mean, I wish no. I had it when I was twenty. So but you need another thirty years oh. on top of it to just. I would have as many wrinkles it. if I knew that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> now, also, just because this is a show about female founders, and I um, really what lit a fire in my belly about she's the boss in the first place was finding out about VC funding and the fact that mm. only I don't know if you're aware, but I'm sure you probably are. Oh, I'm that very only aware. Two percent goes to women. Crazy. So I'm interested because there's a lot of women that I'm talking to these days who are trying to either raise funds for themselves or they've mm. set up organisations where they are funding women. Um, but talk crazy. to me about your experience about raising investors because you've done it properly. I mean, you've done it with mm. million-dollar amounts and things from yeah, early I've done, on. So. I've just raised my second. So, look, I was – I was in a position, I've got a really great network. I'm in the yep. same similar industry all the way through my career. So I guess the the first thing, and I know people say this a lot, but it really is networking. You've got to, yep. you've got to be visible. You've got to get out there. I think um, the different levels, I mean, certainly my industry is really hard to raise money in because marketplace isn't as hot as, you know, what fintech is or martech is. So it depends on the industry you're in, but you certainly there's so much help out there that's free. There are yes, so many people true. out there. You have to and go after the grants. I mean, there's just grants. Get a grant person, follow the grants and the yes, grants. Yes, could be the off. best money you'd spend. Yeah, I think we've got over, I would say over a million bucks in grants in four years. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. It's That's hard incredible. work though. I wouldn't recommend doing it yourself. I would recommend getting an expert to maximise and leverage because otherwise your time is taken off the you're focusing on grants. Yes. Some of them take six months. So, but also just surround yourself with people in the industry and reach out to people, you know. I, I, I'm rarely saying no to someone unless I'm really snowed under. I, if someone reaches out and asks my advice, I didn't do it as much as I should have. And yes. I think that raising money is really hard, but it's also really easy if you follow the right pathway. And I don't. there's no right pathway, I suppose, but for me... It was, I was told something a couple of years ago and it was that, because I've got lots of connections who've got money and I'm not yep. on any of them because right. the advice that I got a few years ago, which I've followed to the T, is unless you ha- know them and you've had a drink with them and you've spent time with them for more than six months, you will be getting into bed with someone in a business sense that you can't know until you know someone. So instead of... And also yeah. your friends or people that you work with or people that you know, if you haven't worked with them, if you haven't been really close with them in collaboration, money, you could, there's lots of money out there. That money can destroy your business or it can make your business flourish, but it also comes with conditions. So I had an investor profile early on and I, I'm really thrilled to say that I've raised the money from the investor profile that I wanted. And I have yep. been offered money from other investors and it wasn't the right deal for me. And right. that comes with your lifestyle, your, you know, what you want out of that money, how big you want to go, what, how much percentage you're giving up for that and what the triggers are and KPIs against that. And yep. there's no look, you, you know, there's a thousand books on this, but honestly it's more, I feel like it's, it's a bit gut feel, but ask people's advice, but also don't pay anyone for advice. Honestly, <laughs> I, you know... I, I agree with you. And I'm so sick from- of people saying to me, yeah, pay me 30 grand and I'll help you do an audit. Really? 
don't need to paste no, anything for that. I can put not. that into a team member to help build my marketing. Yeah. And if there's anything I've learned in the last year, it's that successful people want to give back. And, and I, I mean, you see it again and again yeah. and again. Yeah. And I have now gone, I don't think there's anyone I couldn't ask if I, if I, if, you know, to Absolutely, say, Jules. Interviews. and I'm yeah. now doing it with people in New York and Iceland and all over I, the place. I agree. I because think they want to help. And I think women are big supporters of women and it's, it's more of a thing now. And I think that, you know, communities like yours are really important to flourishing and building people's confidence because a lot of people don't have the confidence to ask the question whereas I ask I'll always walk in and just say what can you you know can you help me with this some people haven't got that confidence but they can do that one-on-one they can do it by an email they can do it yes. on LinkedIn um you something know, nice um, and passive so that you're not going to feel bad if they don't be come direct, back to you you know yeah, I don't be I'm, direct I'm and big, ask for what you want I don't do long-winded emails give me one line and say hey really like what you said about this, would you be able to have a coffee with me? Yeah. So I generally wouldn't say no. And I've done that a few times, by the way. I listen to thousands of podcasts and I ring a lot of guys that I listen to and girls I listen to on podcasts and ring them and say, can we mate? Yeah. And, my, you know, my the chairman of my board, was how, that's how I met her. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love it that you've got a female CEO and a female chairman. Tell me, have you got how many? What What is your board can looking we've like? We've got. We're all female at the moment. We. Oh yes. Woo-hoo. I feel like I feel like I need to. So my, my investor's male, but he laughs that he's got the females around. Um, yeah. I feel like I need a male to balance out the the emotion. Female, you do. We're really yeah. highly strong emotional. You know, we're girls and I, I did, I had one of, we did have a male in Sydney, he's moved on to another role, but um, it was great having him because he balances out. So, I look, I, I love female teams, I really do, but yes. I do need males around me as well. And I think that males add, you know, we do have a couple of freelancers we work with and they're great, you know. The, te- the tech team will be male. I can already yeah. see that happening. <laughs> We're already driving them nuts. You know, they've been in the business five minutes and I'm like this on the phone to them every day. Um, but I think, you know, one of the things I've learnt from Kath is that we, if we hire the very best talent in the right roles, then this business will be a success. And it's not because of me. You know, it's my idea that yep. you, can't make, you can't make businesses come to life without the right team. Very yeah. true. Very true. And hard to find them, but um, really hard, really hard. I've, I've, you know, it's it's worth digging in. I, I suppose going back to one of your earlier questions, for people listening to this who are building a technology, one of the things I wish I had done, I would have saved a lot of money, is I wish I had a, the first person I should have hired was the CTO, the Chief right. Technology Good Officer. Point. Yeah. Um, I, I said no because it was too expensive, but the money I wasted on the tech would have bought me five. Would have. Right. <laughs> yeah, technology Probably a hard is a lesson to swallow. I mean, I had uh, I have a built a yeah. PR SaaS platform, but I had mm. my builder walk away in the middle of it and leave me with no contacts and nothing that worked. Oh, I had I had someone walk away with my platform a couple of platforms oh, ago. Goodness. Yeah, yeah. So look, you know, it's tough. you live and learn, and I've been able to navigate my way through this one, and I think just because I've been prudent and really careful. And I've also been, and you've got the benefit of your, all this experience you've had when things have stuffed up. So I do. Makes I sense. said to my dev team the other day, and it's interesting. I'm sure people will relate to this who listen to Building Tech. Mm. Um, I said to my tech team the other day, "What would be great is if there was an industry body set up, like the Ad Council, 
they set up and if people have got a MVP, a minimum viable product that they want to test, it's run through a system with those guys to tell you if it's robust. That's because a really good idea. before you go and spend money and effort and time and potentially put your house at risk, your relationship at risk, your mental health, your physical health, tell someone who knows what the hell they're talking about tell you. You know, yeah. and that doesn't exist. And what happens time and again, and I've heard this 1,000 times, is we go out and build this stuff and we're told that it's this and you get the keys and it's nothing like what you thought yeah. you were. And that's just so much money and so much wasted talent and energy and, you know, I'm but it's also to get- unconscionable for the industry, really. They just, need to regulate themselves. It's so really, it needs self-regulation. Just, yeah. Mm. I agree. I and agree. there's no, you know, the accountability. But, you know, that's that's for another day, Jules. We need to make sure some big wig guys put their money and, you know, te- someone needs to set that up. Yeah. Not me, I'm too busy. No, you are not allowed to think about it. I'm constantly doing that. Oh, this needs to be done. It's I, like, know, no, I know, I know. I'm the same. I'm terrible. But I do go out and tell other people and go, you should set this up. I do too. Really yeah, I'm always telling people, hey, what about this? Can you do this? It will really help me. I'll be your first client. okay now i'm gonna run through some just other little questions that i have um you've answered a lot of them in in bits and pieces but i'm going to ask you again in case anything else jumps Mm -hmm. out so the first one is because i really want to shine the light on women in business and one of the things that i like to do is ask have there been any women that have helped you along the way that you want to name and tell us how they've helped because 100 well give me a couple of, of sort of outstanding ones yeah, so Nikki Kenyon, um, yeah. who's now heading up Transformation Digital at Channel 9. Um, she was Visit Victoria prior and she's been amazing. She comes from a corporate background and I'm not a corporate. Yeah. Um, and she's been, her advice and her calmness, her digital and marketing approach has been profound. It's been really great for us and we're really excited and grateful to have her on board. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my oldest, um, longest mentor in my business is John McMurray, who who used to be insurance a long time ago. He was a director or a producer on Point Break, and he um, was the first man who told me the horrific location story for his film. So he's he's supported me all the way through from that's day amazing. one to now. Because we need so male allies as well, otherwise it he's just doesn't been work. Fantastic, sorry that he wasn't famous. He would hate me. Yeah, that's that. right. <laughs> Kath, most certainly. Kath Thomas yeah, has she been, incredible. you know, amazing for me, and also someone that um, has a very complementary skill set and is able to bring something to the table from a really high performing team. So when you've led a high-performing team for 20 years and that's not something I've done, it, it, that is, that what, you, what I get out of that is amazing. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I've got some beautiful friends who Simone's one of them and yeah. Marissa um, in Sydney. They're biz- friends who've got their own businesses and so when it all, you know, I, I do tend to catastrophize. <laughs> and I do freak out a lot. Like I'll I'll have heart palpitations if something's going wrong and I ring them and they go, just calm down. Just calm down. You need All that, right. you know. You, you do. need that. So I've I've got a really strong network around me and my my I've got two LA mentor, very amazing business people who I talk to every other week and they've been fantastic yeah. for me as well. Yeah. 
Oh, that's great. It's good to hear that you've got all those women around you that are helping mm. you. Now, um, my next question we've kind of touched on, but just in case there's anything we haven't um, that you want to add to it, talking about pivotal moments and what we learn. I used to, well, let me tell you, I the question used to be, tell me about your successes and failures and what you've learned from them. And <laughs> I what we I could go for five say, hours on that. <laughs> yeah, well, I've also realised you don't learn a lot from successes. You do no. a bit. But really where you get profound mm. insights and knowledge is, is where things have become a bit of a challenge. Have you got any yeah. that we haven't mentioned today that you yeah, want to Yeah, there's about? only one other that springs to mind and that is um, never scrimp on accounting and legal advice. Um, never what? Very, be, 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 never scrimp on accounting <laughs> and on legal it. advice. You know, be very discerning in your approach to your financial structure and how you run your accounts and do not ever underestimate someone else running that for you and not getting the right reports, you know. Right. That's another lesson in addition to never, ever delegate what you don't know. So one of my weaknesses is finance and all my friends, anyone listening to this will go, it's, not, it's just not my I'm, thing. You know? I'm myself, I'm nodding, yes. Terrible. And <laughs> Terrible. But now I run every report, I know everything going on in the business I am the only person signing off um accounts with other people do all the work and I I just make you know sure what's going on my eyes on that ball and it will never be taken off that ball amazing oh that's yeah. great advice yeah um okay juggling work and life I think you've touched on that so don't work after you don't work after four no, and you have weekends off. if you work you know you work smart and my team yep Kath and I are of the same ilk you know there's no need to be working, you know, 16 hour days anymore, you know. You have to look after yourself and you have to have time. We don't work. Um, one of our things is we don't work on Friday afternoons. We make sure we've got time. If you've got your kids are sick, have a day because we expect people to answer the phone if someone calls at midnight or someone wants to work on a Sunday or we've got to do a recce on a Saturday. So it, it balances out that my kids come first. Um, yeah. They also, I'm really big on, having three teenagers, I'm really big on having the kids see me working and see me balancing. I cook dinner yep. every night, so it's my thing. I, I'm a mad cook. And so I cook different meals and I, and food for us is the centre of our, of our home. Yeah. So, and I do lunches every day. So that's my thing. And that's, and, and then they do their sport and whatever. But I finish work at four o'clock and I do dinner. And then I'm in bed early, you know. Um, yeah, not always, but, you know, I try to. And what about just, the kids? How is their cooking skills? They're good. They're all cooks. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and their, dad, their dad's a cook as well. Cook yeah, we're young. all cooks. Yeah. yeah, good. We all argue over who's cooking, so it's good. Oh, that's a fantastic mm. situation to be in. Okay, now here's a great question. Is there a quirky fact about you that most people don't know that you'd be up for sharing? And it doesn't matter what it is. I'm a great singer. <laughs> are you? Or are you being sarcastic? Not really. No, ask no. Simone. I'm definitely not. No, I do. So you I suppose a quirky, fact, a, a quirky fact is <laughs> I'm a massive Kenny Rogers fan and anywhere we go, I'll be on a stage and sing Islands in the Stream. 
Oh, my God. I've got that original record of his with Dolly Parton. <laughs> the vinyl single release. Yeah. yeah. Oh my so God, anyone in my life, great. anyone in my life is a fan because they have to be because I play it nonstop. <laughs> well, I have to say I'm a bit partial to Kenny myself. But um, it's, again, quirky fact that not a lot of people I would share That's with right. a lot of people. I don't think it is. I don't think okay, and now the very last question actually isn't really apropos of nothing other than I'm still obsessed with my iPhone since I bought it and I love apps. So mm. I am wondering, do you use your phone for business? And if yes. so, outside of email and banking and and, and I've got them. Media, I know what you're going to ask. Great. I'll tell you what they are. Your two favourite business apps. So uh, one password. Yep. What yeah. does that do? Uh, it's it, it's the my it's a vault, and I don't um I don't know anybody else. I don't have any password now. Every single password is synced across every device. And I did a digital online course about five years ago and yeah. the first thing you did was sync up these apps and it changed my life. So one password it's called and you only need one password and then it and it's syncs phone across app. every I'm device. Do that. Oh, my God. It's amazing. That amazing. It'll change your life. The other one I would say is Calm. <laughs> Oh, uh, yes, I've heard a few people have said that, the old have a bit of meditation oh, and just relax. Get me to stop, you know, just calm down. And my podcast app, I suppose, is, you know, I listen to that every day in Audible. You know, I try to keep on top of, you know, what's going on in, in the world. Um, oh, my God, but, you need to write a book and then get it up on Audible for people to listen to as well. I, yeah, I honestly, well, you have such an amazing gosh. story. And yeah. then do you play on it for fun? No, I hate going. I don't, I, 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 I'm the antithesis of me. Oh, actually, Simone and I are now a little bit obsessed with TikTok. Right. So we like the dancing ones and the funny ones and the cooking ones. So I said to my kids the other day, I said, I'm going to start a TikTok channel and they're dying. They're like, they were like, no, do not. Oh, no, we no. So, no, I'm not a gamer, never have been. I don't do games. I don't do photos. I don't do social. I'm not a massive social media person. I don't mind it, but. Yeah. But it's not your thing. No. All right, now, so how can people get hold of you? If anyone's listening to this and goes, oh, my God, I love that woman, I want to do a coffee with her. Or- Just jump on jump on my um, – I'm, I'm a little bit sick of LinkedIn serving me a 1,000 ads a day, so I don't really – I'm not – I've got to try and work out how to slow that down. But jump on my email, oh. catedaperfectspace.com. My right. um, email's there. Or you can jump on my Instagram um, at Perfect Space, I think it is, handle. And, and just, then the website just, direct, is- just direct chat me through there. Okay. And the website, and then the jump website on the website. It's perfectspace.com. Perfect- no AU on the end. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, listen, Kate, thank you so much. I can't wait Thanks, to see Jules. you scale this globally. Thank you. I have you. no doubt at all it's going to be massive. Thanks. Yeah. Um, and it's wonderful. It so I look forward to sharing this story. Thanks, Jules. Thanks, everyone. See you later. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'stheboss.com.au.